This is Podco Media Networks. Welcome back, local citizens. You're listening to the podcast that inspires a borderless mindset around doing something in the world. I'm your host, Florence Adu. This is the third and final part of our conversation with Osseo Highsmith, and we're diving even deeper into the art and craft of forging new relationships with the environment. So let's get right back to it. I follow this guy, his name is Dave Canterbury, and he came up with this 10 C's of survivability, which is very, very smart. With that is the first C would be a cutting tool. That would be a knife of some sort. The second C would be some type of combustion device, which would be some way to make fire, Mm -hmm. lighter or fire kit Mm -hmm. of some type. Then there's some type of cover. You would need some type of cover, whether it be a tarp or bandana or something that you can hold over your head. You know, hopefully you are somewhat dressed properly for being out there. And then there would be some type of container, preferably some type of metal container so that if you come across some water, you can gather some water. If you need to sterilize that water, you could put that water over the fire in the container and Mm -hmm. boil that water to safety. Cordage being like some type of paracord or bank line, which is like a a tarred fishing line. What's paracordage? Paracordage, it's basically in a parachute. Ah, okay. Parachutes, they have these fine filament cords on the inside. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so that's basically, if you open up the casing of the paracord, there will be like five or six strands Mm -hmm. inside of them, which you can take out which gives it tensile strength. Sure. So that's what paracord is. It's basically a bunch of strands together encapsulated with some nylon that makes it super strong and light at the same time. Got it. So yeah, there's cordage and I think there's like cotton bandanas. Cotton is great because if you can char or basically put some cotton, well, cotton has many uses in outdoors, Mm. but you can make a char material with cotton being that you can, say, put it over the fire and smoke it out. And you can take that material and use a fire combustion technique called flint and steel, and you can light the cotton square. Okay, uh, so just material. Just just the material, just the cotton material, like a cotton T-shirt or whatever. That material can help start fire. Okay. Cotton takes to fire really well. Cargo tape is great also is cargo tape there's many uses for cargo tape if you get hurt you can make yourself into Uh, a sling cargo tape actually burns very easily too so if you want to make a a quick fire with cargo tape it burns Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of things you can use cargo tape for a compass is very useful and a cloth sailing needle so in case something gets like ripped like Mm -hmm. say if your clothes gets ripped or if you get a gash and you need to stitch yourself, stitch yourself back uh, up so that you won't get infection. So is that one of those big needles? It's like a big needle, right? Yeah. A sailing needle. You want to be able to punch through leather also yeah. for multiple uses. Everything yeah. you're going to bring out into the woods or everything that's in the 10 Cs has multiple uses. Sure. Then uh, I would say after that, there would be some type of candling device, which is like mm-hmm. a headlamp. Oh, okay. Or a flashlight. Got it. Or some type of... Okay. Consistent light. Consistent light That's source. not fire. That's not fire. Okay. Right? Got it. So that's basically the 10 C's of survivability. And so basically what you do with that is you have a survival kit mm-hmm. that can 
for the most part, keep you out of the dark, warm, and give you tools to be able to cook and search for food. Yeah. And it's compact. Like, that could fit definitely in a backpack, but even something smaller. Oh, yeah, for sure. I've seen survival kits in Altoy cans, you know, a little tiny Altoy can, which is totally fine also. A pocket survival kit. You know, there's tons of them, you know. But, yeah, for the most part, I wouldn't want to go into the woods without understanding how to take care of myself in case something happened. Before, I wasn't thinking about that, you know, but before I started respecting Mm -hmm. the woods, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't always be as prepared as I could be for some unfortunate event Mm -hmm. if something was to happen. Mm -hmm. And now that I am prepared in case something happens, I can relax. I can be so much more focused on what can I get into while I'm here in the woods to make myself more comfortable, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. What can I build? I need a seat. With my 10 Cs, I'm pretty sure that I can manufacture something comfortable here. Right. Whether it's a little seat here. Maybe I, with my 10 Cs, I can manufacture a fire or a hammock. It's little building blocks like that like the 10 C's, that helps me to extend and expand my stay in the woods. Yeah. Or else I'd have to leave after a day or after a certain amount of hours, you know, like you'd have to go and find comfort somewhere else. Right. I'm not trying to find comfort anywhere else. I'm trying to find comfort in the woods. Good. So you said something when we were talking on the land that you are looking to be a business partner with Mother Nature. Mm Mm-hmm. And I love that because I felt that. I felt that this was like... Maybe in another time, in another place in the world, that was just how everyone thought about business, is that we're in partnership with Mother Nature, but you really were putting that into practice and are putting that into practice. So tell us more about how you are offering your space for others to enjoy. So you have your kit, you understand it. How are you offering your space for others to enjoy it? Well, I think that our property is large enough to accommodate many people. That's number one. Mm-hmm. And then you start thinking like, hey, how can we accommodate many people out here, you know, without having a house? Well, tenting, camping, shelter building for people that are into that type of thing. Mm-hmm. We can do all of those things out here. Yeah, just trying to get people to buy into or getting your friends to buy into, you know, surviving and thriving in a campsite owned by us uh, so people can, like, have a good time, you know, and just relax. Ultimately, I would love to put, like, a survival school... I would like to have a survival school mentality on the property, being that when people come, they build their own... Whether they build their own fire, they gather their own fire, they build their own shelter, and really get into what we're getting into out there in the woods, Mm -hmm. because this is what we are finding to be fun is being self-reliant, doing things, creating your own shelter, creating your own fire, purifying your own water, cooking over the fire, learning more about the land, listening, being one with yourself, taking time to be one with the environment around you. It's very, very nice. And so it sounds like a retreat in the making. It is a retreat, a space in the making. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like when our friends come up, we want them to, you know, experience. I camping. mean, you made fire for us, you purified water for us. Yeah. So all of that was very apparent. 
And then I know that you also offer the space as a campsite. Yes. So that's the hospitality side of things. Yeah. So that, I think, is probably the other way that you're using the time now that you don't have the, a facility on the property, but that it is a well-thought campsite. Yeah. You have good pads. You have the water there. Yeah. I think it's really well-situated. Yes. We rented out on uh, Tenter, T-E-N-T-R-R, and it's fantastic. We put it up for rent the first time, August 1st. As soon as we put it up, it was rented out. And then throughout the month of August and September, it was rented out six times. Okay. There's definitely people that want to camp in the woods um, on a secure property. Mm-hmm. That's basically what it is. And Giving Airbnb a whole different definition. A whole <laughs> other definition. It's basically backyard camping. Yeah. You know, you can camp in people's backyards, yeah. you know. People yeah. are putting their backyards up as rooms. Basically. Basically. Yeah. You know? yeah and it's like you said, secure, well sure. thought. This is just a different way of thinking about opportunities with the land. So I love that. So this dovetails into my mindset hack part of the program. And so this is where I ask my guests, what is your favorite or an innovative mindset hack that you can imagine or that you know of? When I am in the woods, I like to try to be ready for anything. So I don't get too overwhelmed when you're out. You know, I don't want to panic in the woods. I think that's the worst thing that you can do is lose your cool when you're in an environment that you're not familiar with. Mm -hmm. And you're all of a sudden in a race against daylight, which is coming, you know, or, or nighttime, it's coming. I would think that hack would be having a positive attitude and being ready for anything. I usually have a survival kit with me when I am going out into the outdoors. And I would call that a survival hack in itself. You're like, oh, why would you need a survival kit? Well, you know, within the 10 C's, there is the cotton bandana, unless you want to use some leaves if you have to use the bathroom. Yeah. Within those 10 C's, there's basically everything that you could probably possibly need. Those tools are there for you, you know, and that's a safety net. So I would teach or try to stress upon my friends, you know, the importance of being prepared Mm -hmm. when going into the woods. Basically, the mindset of being prepared for anything is the hack, particularly in the context of outdoors and particularly being in outdoor life and being a person of color, it's, it's like we haven't really gotten onto that. But it's like, yeah, we need to do some research mm-hmm. before we go out mm-hmm. into, you know, it's like going into mm-hmm. the woods okay. with like sneakers on. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's not like the best yeah. footwear to wear out in the woods. It's just not all weather. It's just not all yeah. weather. Having the right layering of clothes on. That helps, okay. you know? So I guess in pre- preparation, it really is research. It really so is like, research. You don't yeah. want to just go out into the woods. No one just walks into the woods arbitrarily. No one just goes, oh, I'm just gonna, you know, and just like go hang out. Being an outdoors person is number one, being prepared to be outdoors. So you don't turn into an accident waiting to happen. Yeah. Because that's yeah. essentially what we are in this world is an accident waiting to happen. Yeah. But if you're prepared, you're a little less... You right. know, it brings down your odds of like getting the your shit hitting the yeah. fan, you know? Yeah. That's where I like to stay. I like to stay in a prepared state of mind. Mm-hmm. 
And I like to have the people around me in a prepared state of mind so that we can all have a good time and not leave each other mentally. Mm -hmm. It's important to understand your environment when you're in the woods, you know? Absolutely. It's just important. I think that being a person of color in the woods, the reason why I find that to be important is because we as a people in America, as African-Americans, we haven't really been privy to enjoying the outdoor world the way the other folks in America have been privy to enjoying the outdoors with like skis and snowboards and enjoying it, you know, like bars on the sides of cliffs and guns and bows and arrows and all of these fun things that are in Walmart that are meant (laughs) for the outdoors. We haven't really looked at the outdoor life, being African-American, as a life that we want, Mm -hmm. generally Mm -hmm. speaking, Mm -hmm. like that funness. Yeah. And I feel like that was kind of done on purpose, number one. But number two, there's a lot of history there. My dad grew up in Georgia, lived on a dirt road. We had to walk seven miles to school, lived in a house with uh, eight people, one room house, had an outhouse in the back, had to fish. And so him growing up, he had to do all that living outdoors life for real in a really bad era. And he didn't want to go back to that. Right. So he's like, why would I want to go back to some tough times? He didn't have a good time. Living that life. Living that life. Yeah. So we have to break that barrier, basically, is that the under- the history and the people that we know that are closest to that don't have good memories of it, necessarily. Yeah, just don't have good yeah. memories of it. And not saying that's like for everyone, but my family, my dad and my mom, she's from Florida, from more like a beach town, mm-hmm. different type of environment. Mm-hmm. You know, even so, her side of the family, they didn't have a huge outdoorsy motivation either. Yeah. Because... The era was different. Yeah. It's 2020 now. We are, as Black people, we are trying to live Mm -hmm. our best life Yeah. right now. I do believe that, you know, I want a piece of that outdoors life. Yeah. I need some of that access. Best way to do that is kind of figure out a way to buy it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's nice Mm -hmm. to have your own. Yeah. And then after, you know, if you can't do that, do some research and rent it right (laughs) i'm always down to try to inspire people to get outdoors but you know i always have to tell them don't forget to do your research so you are prepared when you get out there you're not out there you're not turned off you're not turned off by it you know it may cost a little bit of money i always tell people it may cost a little bit of money to camp but the good thing about it is that once you buy your gear that's your gear forever you don't need a lot right and once you have that, you know, the world is your oyster. Basically. You can go anywhere you want. And you can. And you yeah. really can. Yeah. And this world is for us. Yes. I have to be uh, 100 when I say, you know, preparation is definitely something that is very, very serious with me before I go into the woods. Because if I'm not prepared, I'm not going to have a good time. Right. I think that's the greatest way to sum up the outdoor experiences. Be prepared. Be prepared. Yeah, you know, be prepared for anything. I was just in Iceland and I can say that I didn't have a bad time because 
of the weather and my experience in the weather necessarily. I mean, I had a fine time, but I didn't get to do as much as I wanted to because things were canceled. But in terms of being prepared, I had the gear. So people are like, were you cold? I'm like, no, I wasn't cold. Like, I had the right gear. Right. And so that's half the battle, that's you know, half the battle. just like being there and knowing that you're not going to be cold, that you're not going to be wet, that you're not going to be miserable because of that. It's really important. It's really important. Yeah. It keeps your morale up. Exactly. You know, exactly. and imagine if you had a little knife on you, you'd be like, hey, I'm good. Right. Like, whatever. Yeah. You know, you're like, I got my yeah. knife, I got my lighter. Yeah. You know, y'all are cold. I'm not. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I know how to do this, you know? Like, so, exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, it exactly. just goes a long way yeah. being prepared. Yeah. But I would tell all of your listeners, do a little bit of research and do a lot of preparing and enjoy yourself after that. Yeah, I think um, that's great comments. Yeah. So, Ozzy, we're at the close of our conversation. For today. It's been so lovely. Yes, like, it's awesome. always insightful to just learn about your experience. Before we go, I have one question that I like to kind of throw as a random round for my listeners to you. And so in your case, I want to ask you, what are you listening to these days? I mean, because you are outdoors often and you are consuming a lot of information generally, I think. What do you listen to? That could be anything. <laughs> well, because I still live in a city, I listen to Ebro in the morning a lot. Hot 97. Okay. No, I'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's funny. I don't really listen to too much. I like to read. Okay, so the question is, what are you reading these what days? What am I reading these days? I am actually reading this book by Morris Kachansky, Bushcraft, which is okay. great. Mm-hmm. I usually pick that up when I go back. I, I read Dave Canterbury's Bushcraft 101. I used to read that daily. He has three volumes of that. What else here? Whittling. I'm into whittling books. I have this book in which I do the exercises in whittling. We see, um, you can see that on your IG as well. Yes. And, and your IG is Osseo Outdoors. Osseo Outdoors. Yeah. Right now, I'm so into like outdoorsy bushcraft stuff. My consumption level is pretty much around. Focused. Focused on that type of stuff. So right. I would check out YouTube for projects mm-hmm. and stuff that's going on. I learned a lot from YouTube. YouTube definitely, I, I have to say, has definitely exposed me to a lot of techniques and tactics. And YouTube University, that's what they call it. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. We'll add those titles on our show notes so that our listeners can also learn more of outdoors. And with those, are there any last words for our listeners that you want to share? Yeah, just be ready, stay prepared, watch out for my book that's going to come out. Okay, yeah, that's definitely a good Camping while black. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely want to check out. Yes. Yes. It's going to be good working on that and stay positive. I like it. All right, local citizens, this has been another episode of the podcast that inspires a borderless mindset around doing something in the world. My guest has been Osseo Highsmith, bushcraft entrepreneur. You can always catch us at localcitizenspod.com and wherever you find podcasts. Until next time, bye for now. Bye.